Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Goose, aka Bull Scripted. And we are here to recap the Chicago Bulls victory over the Detroit Pistons. I mean Pistons. 100 to 86. Before we get into that game, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap at Ontap Sportsnet. Follow my dude Goose at Bulls Scripted. Follow me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. So be sure to give us a five star rating and review because that's you know that's cool and tough. Goose, we're talking about a victory. It's been a minute. We're finally talking about a victory here. There was some concerning parts of this game. There was an injury that kind of took place in this game, which I hope is not too serious. A lot of things went down in this one, but the Bulls end up pulling it off. As much as I don't want to be a negative Nancy about it, I wish they would have done a little bit better. But go ahead, man. What's going on? I mean, we uh, had a 20-point lead in the fourth, and we finished with you know the game with a 14-point win. But the way we started this game was atrocious. Um, it was not good at all. And I don't know if Daniel Gafford doesn't come in with that motor uh, when he does. I think he had, was it nine points and eight rebounds in his first, like, seven-minute stint? Uh, pretty crazy performance out the gate for him uh, to give us some energy to get us back in this game. Uh, Bulls had a, was it a one- or two-point lead at half? Um, but the, the stat lines this game are very weird, too. Zach, no 20-point game. Lowry, no 20-point game. Really spread out, only three guys in double digits, but not a single person who played without a bucket in the hole. So uh, I guess that's a testament to ball movement, but a very weird game that we weren't really sure how to approach after dropping two. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because the game high was uh, 26 from Grant, um, but he shot the ball 22 times to get there. He had a very off game, especially from downtown. He went one for seven. But Zach, rough shooting night, and it was funny because in the pregame, as Adam and Stacy were talking, you know, he's like, you know what Zach Levine's going to give you? Zach struggled tonight. He only had one assist, three boards, four turnovers, 18 points. The Bulls cannot escape these turnovers, and against any better team that they would have played tonight, they would have got shellacked. They had 18 turnovers tonight compared to Detroit's 14. That's And that's why these games kind of suck. Like, they're wins, and the Bulls are taking care of business like they're supposed to, but they also didn't take care of business to start this game, is they're ugly wins against bad teams. And, yeah, they're keeping us in this playoff race. Uh, as we heard, the Charlotte Hornets are going to potentially be without the mellow ball with a fractured wrist for a long period of time. So that's another team that could start to slide in these standings. And, you know, we're in the mix in the East, but we, we shouldn't be in the mix in the East. But no matter what we do, we could trade Zach and Thad. Uh, but our young core still isn't bad enough to not keep us in the mix in the East. So we're in a very weird spot. Um, not going to go back to rooting for losing games, but winning these games isn't necessarily helping us either. Yeah, it was just such a weird dynamic tonight. Come out slow. Not playing very well. They score 20 points in the first quarter. Detroit scores 25. Just not a lot of ball movement. Once again, we're watching a lot of guys get stagnant, especially within on the perimeter where you're getting the ball into the post. And this is where I kind of feel bad for like when Wendell is in or Thad is trying to do his thing and no one's moving without the ball. So it comes down to once again, like, where's your shot creator? You got to give it to your shot creator. And with Zach being your shot creator and his shot kind of not falling at the clip that we're used to tonight, 
it was just such a crapshoot. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, they're going to drop one to the Pistons, and I'm ready to blow it all up. I had a tweet lined up and everything. Like, I'd fucking trade everybody except Zach. I, I don't give a shit anymore. Just, just, you know, do it. But, you know, they found a way to win, and their bench was just absolutely fantastic tonight. Uh, uh, you know, like you had touched on before, Daniel Gafford comes out. A career-high 11 rebounds for uh, DG. Ryan Archie Diacono, three for five from the field, but that was three for four from downtown. Nine points, two assists, good defense. You know, uh, Denzel, three for four from downtown, 19 minutes. You know, um, you did see Kobe White play a lot less than he has. In, in I cannot remember when he's had a game under 20 minutes, and I could be wrong. Maybe that was a couple games ago. I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Like, there's no games under Billy that he's played less than 20 minutes. Right. And, and the first game. you know, and it just shows me what Billy's trying to do. And this is what we touched on in the last episode. Billy Donovan's trying to win these ball games, man. He's trying to do something, but you know, going through this game, it was just so odd to me. And you had two motors on the D or I'm sorry, on the defense on the bench that really helped defensively and really got this team going. Um, Lowry was having a pretty good game and it sucks because when you look at the box score, he was being aggressive and then he had two quick fouls, but he finishes plus 20 in the plus minus. I know we don't typically look at that, but you know, tonight we, I guess I'm going to play it to my advantage because I'm a Lowry fan, but, uh, he has 16 points, eight boards. He goes six for 15, three for nine from downtown. Um, he was actually at one time, the leading bull score until Zach hit that, uh, that jump shot to put him up to 18. So I, the Bulls were in trouble there until the adjustment came in in the second quarter where they had ended up outscoring Detroit by six. It was 26 to 20 in that second quarter. And after they got in after the half and they started this, you know, third quarter, they never looked back. No, I mean, and a win is a win and you're supposed to win this game. Uh, I still would have liked to see more from Lowry. There's a couple threes that fell in and out. I think the thing that pisses me off the most is, I look at the assist column and I see a big old goose egg. And I think it was one of the first few possessions of the game where he had a nice pocket pass to Fed and he blew the layup. And I'm like, shit, man, like this, this guy can't buy an assist. Like every time Lowry makes a great pass or a great play, somebody fucks it up. Um, and it's rare to get from him. So when you see it, it it's a little disheartening. But uh, the fact that we got a team win, I guess, is a little encouraging. Zach struggles, and you can still win by 14 points. That's got to uh, make him feel good, though. You know, even yeah. if it's against Detroit, that's got to make him feel like, okay, thank God I didn't have to be all-star Zach Levine I didn't to, have to secure go for it. 40 points and man right. up Jeremy Grant because nobody else was up to the task. Right. I mean, so. exactly. And and the thing that you said about Lowry, about those couple threes not falling, it's like, you know, when you drive to the rim and you throw that English on the ball to, you know, get it to roll in, you know, I felt like a couple of his threes that didn't hit the spin rate. Like I feel like I'm talking in baseball, the spin rate on that ball, like it got halfway down the cylinders and like right out, dude. I'm like, Jesus, like, he had good looks too. And with his shooting percentage this year, you know, they're going to eventually, I mean, they will go in at times because his shooting percentage is up, but it was just, it was funny. He had good looks. It was just the team didn't, uh, I guess they weren't able to capitalize on it. He's not able to make the shot. And again, it, it's a good team win. Like you said, I'm just, I guess I'm not really too excited about it. Cause I, I really wanted that ass whipped. You know, I, I really wanted that ass whipped tonight just to, to build confidence after the last two heartbreakers we had to talk about here. 
Yeah, you wanted a little bit more of a convincing win. I guess we got Pat Will, Zach. They're the only two guys that played over 30 minutes tonight because we do have the Jazz tomorrow, and that's obviously a real game. So tonight's game against Detroit was essentially a tune-up game. This was your live scrimmage practice. Get ready for a real team, and let's see if we can actually get a W because that's been the Bulls' struggle. I think they've beat maybe three Four teams, if we're being generous, above 500 currently, and that's the Knicks, Portland, Dallas. Uh, fourth one's escaping me. It might not even exist. So, you know, oh, we got to get a win against a good team. Beating all these bottom feeders in the East is great to keep us afloat in the standings, but it's really not moving the needle for the team. So, real test is tomorrow night. What do you got? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going up against one of the best teams in the Western Conference, arguably the best team in the Western Conference. Um, Utah's no joke, and they have been no joke all year. You know, they've been very consistent. Um, they move well, and that, like again, again, I bring this up a lot because of just the basketball that I watch. But watching them on League Pass is such a treat because of how they just move without the ball, how they're able to get into their sets. Rudy Gobert being as dominant as he usually is. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, great player. I mean, they have a lot of great pieces on that team, not just those guys. They have a lot more, too. And, you know, um, Mike Conley. Being you know, Gobert that Billy has to go back to Wendell as the starting center? Are we riding with Lowry and Thad and trying to use Lowry to pull Gobert out of the paint? It, as good as Rudy Gobert is, like uh, I'm not scared of him offensively. I mean, he I mean he gets his looks. I mean, he he does well, don't get me wrong, but I I don't I don't even know if Wendell's gonna play tomorrow night, man. He got poked in the eye so damn good I thought his tonight. eye came out. He came back tonight though. So if he was he, back tonight, I can't imagine his eyeball's gonna fall out anymore <laughs> overnight. Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean it could swell up, but um I that was a, that was nasty dude that was a nasty fucking poke you know yeah, I, I, mean, Otto I was porter, i was shocked he came back Otto porter taking his teammates out now like if this guy hasn't missed enough games now he's got to make his teammates miss games too what the hell <laughs> it's like he poked the shit out of him rick flair style and was like trade me <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm taking out one of your core you know but uh it i don't know rudy gobert actually is having a great season though i just looked at that again and 14 and a half points and 13 and a half boards a game shooting 64% from the field. So no, I just can't imagine that a smart team like the jazz doesn't start the game with either Lowry or Thad on Gobert in the post and just feed him over and over again. Stop me. Prove to me that you can stop me. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that employed. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we see some Gafford as well as Wendell Carter tomorrow night, just because Gafford, you know, kind of plays a, Similar rim-running, rim-protecting game as Gobert. You don't have to worry about him getting pulled out on the perimeter uh, with Rudy there. So we'll see how Billy approaches that. But playing an all-star caliber player like Gobert without a legitimate starting center on your team has got to be something that Billy's thinking about. Right, absolutely. And, you know, why don't we talk about this, too? You know, um, and actually, before we do talk about it, if you have not signed up yet, betrivers.com, promo code on tap, they'll match up to $250 of your first deposit. So you put 250 in, you get a free 250 right there. It's $500 ready to rock and roll. If you go sign up right now, betrivers.com, use promo code on tap, all one word on tap. Go check that out. Bet on the game tomorrow. Get 250 free bucks or, you know, whatever you want. You want to do 25, they'll match 25, whatever. Up to $250, they'll match it. BetRivers.com, promo code on tap. Um, 
once again today, we're hit with a rumor. And I wanted to bring this up because you and I, we've talked, again, we've talked for so long, three years. We, you and I have been buds, hung out countless times, you know, watch Bulls basketball, go to practices and shit like that. You know, um, there's been a guy that we've always liked, and that was Cam Reddish uh, out of Duke. Um, he was floating around in trade rumors now uh, concerning regarding Lonzo Ball. Okay, and I know we've talked about Lonzo on this pod before, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to spare everybody that listens or is watching live right now on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter um, our thoughts on Lonzo. We think that he'll work great. We both kind of have that same opinion. I think most of Bulls Nation does. Um, But there's a trade package that was brought up, and this is what I kind of want to touch on. Cam Reddish, uh, a package around Cam Reddish, okay, to New Orleans for Lonzo Ball. The Bulls reported trade package, and now this is per Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer. You can read the article in the cliff notes of it if you go to ontapsportsnet.com. I wrote one today if you want to go check that out, uh, the cliff notes of this piece because there's a lot of non-Bulls-related shit in there. But the Bulls had reportedly dangled Sato and two, I believe it was two second-round picks. For Lonzo, I don't Ball. think it specified how many. It just said second. Oh, did it say multiple. second round? Okay, okay, it just yeah. Just meant multiple. So I got the I got the COVID shot, three, so I'm all messed up. Ten years worth of seconds. Just we know there was multiple seconds involved. So where I sit as a fan, obviously we're not in front offices. You know, as a fan, I look at the potential of a guy like Cam Reddish, and I don't know necessarily how he'd fit in. Next to Ingram and Zion, I mean, I guess you could have Cam Reddish. He can play the shooting guard. We've seen him play the two, whether that was in college or whether that has been in Atlanta. But we could be honest about it. He has not wowed how some people thought he would. Now, he's been a serviceable player. He's young. He can get better. There's no doubt about that. The ship hasn't sailed on Cam Reddish. Do you think the Bulls need to up that trade offer? Because if I am the New Orleans Pelicans GM, I'm looking at a Cam Reddish thing and and pissing at Sato and a second round pick. I don't no, know how you feel. A thousand percent. No, I mean my initial reaction was uh, is AK calling Atlanta and seeing what it takes to get Reddish because as much as I'd like Lonzo Ball, I'd like Cam Reddish all the same. We need a one, a three, and a five. Um, and I think part of Cam Reddish's issue in Atlanta is. He's being asked to be Trey Young's Lowry Marketing. He just stands off the ball and waits for a three-point attempt. Um, you know, Cam needs more of rhythm shots, in my opinion, and I think he'd be able to get those opportunities here in Chicago lacking, you know, efficient ball handlers. So I like Cam's fit here, but if you're the Bulls and the Hawks are offering Cam Reddish, yeah, second-round picks isn't going to do much on top of Sadoransky's matching salary because – you're not going to get a Cam Reddish with those second-round picks. So. Right. If we did, if New Orleans did or in your, you know, in what you just brought up or Chicago looked at that, we do realize Cam Reddish is out. He's got an injury, Achilles injury. So he's going to be out for a minute. Okay. You know, he's still not ready. He's still not ready. So I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at what compliments Zach Levine the most. Lonzo's game, once again, has ascended. Um, and not to even star level. So I'm not trying to say that. I'm, I'm just saying, sir, you know, he, he, he's getting better three point percentage field goal percentage. You know, I mean, he's very efficient with the ball. You know, I mean, we, we know what he could do. 
you bring in Cam Reddish, and, and this is just more so of us kind of going off on a bar talk and just talking shit now, uh, not a lot of structure to it, but like Cam Reddish, who is shooting 26% from downtown when he was playing, 36% from the field. There's an obvious struggle there. But for me, the potential, right, of, of a Cam Reddish, if I am New Orleans, the potential of a Cam Reddish compared to what Tomas Sadoransky is and a second-round pick in the NBA, because that's, like, one thing I hate about the NBA. Second-round picks are – they hit few and far in between, man. I, I, It's like, yeah, it's there, and in 2K I can add a bunch of them and get any trade I fucking want, you know? <laughs> It's just in the NBA, it's just such an odd dynamic for me. But if I'm New Orleans, I, I like you said, I, I I take Cam. But I wonder, what I wanted to ask you is, is now that that's kind of been out there, and I'm sure AK and Mark Eversley already knew about that, if there was a deal coming in. I mean, those guys, that's what they're living is to do, is to, you know, scout these things. I, I would hope if Kevin O'Connor knows that Atlanta was offering Cam Reddish that the Chicago Bulls front office knows that the Bulls are going up against the offer of Cam Reddish. Now, if you're AK and Mark Eversley, do you up your offer? Or are you hesitant because of the restricted free agency aspect of things? Because I feel like I'm hesitant a little bit. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a fucking hypocrite because a couple days ago I said I'd offer Lowry Mark in it. Um... Well, and I think you could still put Lowry on the table. I don't know if Lowry's enough for Lonzo right now, the way Lonzo has been playing in comparison. Obviously, their contract situation makes that kind of a no-brainer. If you could just swap them, I think Zion and Lowry fit great together, um, and I think Lonzo fits great here with Levine. So I think that's a pretty fair swap. But at this point in time, Lowry you know, is kind of up and down off this injury, so his value is a little in flux. Um, I, I, I would up the offer. Um, but we heard rumors of Sato getting interest from other teams. So why don't you pick up that asset somewhere else? Why don't you get that first or more seconds or whatever it may be, a young player for Sato that they'd be more interested in? Um, because New Orleans is moving Lonzo because they have kind of a guard block that's keeping Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Kira Lewis Jr. on the bench behind Bledsoe and Lonzo. So that's that's why they don't want to pay Lonzo. They, have, they see more potential in what they have on the back burner than what Lonzo brings in the way they're using him there. So, I mean, I would up the package because I think you have to find a first somewhere. Um, on Twitter, I shared trading Thad to the Celtics, getting a first from them, and, you know, sending that first that you got there. Like trying to do a three-team deal type thing or something like along those lines? Yep, three-team deal kind of thing um, that would allow you to keep Lowry. But, you know, there's a lot of people that would prefer to keep Thad to Lowry, and I, I don't know that I'll understand that, but... Um, I can, you know, that has been the better player and he's the more consistent player. So if you're trying to win this year, I could see the logic in that at least. Um, but no, I would up the offer. Lonzo's restricted free agent rights to me are gaining value. The ability to be the team that is trading for him with the intent of signing him. If you're the Bulls who just traded an asset for Lonzo, teams are going to be a lot less likely to throw some kind of bullshit offer at him that they know you're going to match Unless they intend on blowing this kid out of the water and throwing him a max contract like, hey, we value you this much. If we can get you for free, we don't care how much we have to pay you. That's the only situation the Bulls would have to worry about at that point because otherwise teams know, oh, shit, they just traded a future first-round pick for this kid. They're going to resign him. That's their plan. I'm not even going to waste my time there. So I think his restricted free agent rights do have a lot of value. You see a lot of people say, well, you know, the Bulls could just pay him in the offseason. Well, 
You see interest linked to the Knicks. There's going to be a lot of teams in this dry cap market that are going to be okay paying Lonzo Ball 18 to $20 million a year if it means getting them for free. Lonzo having interest in the Bulls, you know, favors them in that situation. But it would be a lot nicer to go into the offseason sitting there going, it don't matter what anybody tries to pay this guy. If we want him here, he's going to be here. Um, so I think the value on his rights is starting to go up. And I would up the offer, especially if you're serious about winning. Well, what is a future pick or a veteran that's not going to be here? Lonzo effects now and later. That That's a move that fits Zach's timeline, which is what you're trying to build around. So there's, there's not too many things within reason that I could really be too upset with them trading, Lowry included. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. So I, I was in a discussion on Twitter earlier about Alonzo Ball acquisition. Um, and it was more so along the lines of a guy kind of making his point. And I saw his point, you know, where he's like, well, I don't know if he's a true point guard. I'm like, I, I disagree, but he gave me some, you know, factors and, and some points of why he does not think so. Right. I disagreed. I could see where he's kind of coming from because Lonzo, if you look at Lonzo's career through where he was a rookie in Los Angeles to his second year, as you know, what happened in his second year. LeBron James came to town. Okay. So then he's traded. You mean Lonzo Ball wasn't good enough to take the ball out of LeBron James's hands? Right. So then the second year, he <laughs> or the well, the third year technically of his career, but the second year with LeBron, he is then traded in a package to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. Okay. And Zion's there and Brandon Ingram's with him. And, you know, th- there's a bunch of different factors of where. And obviously he didn't play the best basketball his rookie year. People were quick to call him a bust and everything like that. The adjustment oh, period was hard. I, you I know. used to be a Lonzo hater. I, I can raise my hand on that one happily. Uh, I but he, in his career, though, Goose, the guys that he's been partnered with are a lot of ball-dominant guys where you don't – Well, but that's know. why you want him for Zach, though, too, is because he can be – Need a ball dominant point guard with the, the the rosters that are constructed that he has been on is my point. I think that he can be that guy that initiates the offense in a certain way. I think he obviously his offensive game is improving. You know, so like you said, we've talked about him so much on this show because the rumors are real. The rumors are here. It is what it is. But I wonder if he is traded for whether that's by us or not. You had put out 18 to 20 million, you know, a year possibly for him, right? And that's a fair assessment. In a trade in his restricted free agency and him trying to find out a new system and him trying to blend into a new roster that he is now a part of, does that help or hurt him? Because I, I was thinking about it today and I'm like, what if he comes in? What if AK pulls off a move? AK and Mark pull off a move for him. And he struggles a bit, but we acquired his services. Yeah, there might be a team, you know, there's dumb GMs everywhere. Shout out Matt Gentile. He said the same thing. There's dumb GMs everywhere that'll overpay somebody, but does that help or hurt him? Because I think that might be able to play into the Bulls' favor instead of waiting for restricted free agency. Well, I think it completely plays into the Bulls' favor because whether he does really good or really bad, you get to see up close and personal for you know close to half a season 30 plus games here how he fits with the player you're trying to build around in Zach Levine 
And if he struggles learning that new system with Billy or the upgraded responsibilities of being a, more of a true facilitator in the Bulls system than he is currently in New Orleans, well, then maybe that does save you some money in restricted free agency. Um, because the whole thing with this offseason and why these restricted free agents are probably going to see a lot of money is there's nobody else worth paying. The Lonzos, the Lowrys, the John Collins, these guys that didn't get their rookie extensions off their contract, they're going to be the hot commodity. Well, if I can't get an all-star or I can't get a legitimate you know, star player this free agency, if I can get a solid young guy with high upside for free, I don't care what it costs me. So that's the fear with paying them. But um, if you compile maybe a little bit of struggles in a new system on top of the fact that teams league-wide know you intend to pay the guy, then you might be able to get more of a bargain deal and kind of avoid some vultures. But that's New Orleans' issue. Lonzo doesn't want to be there. They don't want to pay him. So they got to get something for him because otherwise they aren't going to get anything for him. I mean, I 100% think he's moved, whether oh, no, it's here or not. He's moved. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and the, thing, the thing is, too, with the restricted free agency – the Bulls, if they hypothetically, okay, we're a fly on the wall and we're in this meeting and they say that they think he's the guy, right? If they did acquire him now, instead of them bidding for his services in restricted free agency where they could lose out to another team that had acquired him because they're going to match, they the ball's in their court where they could decide to match if they just if they wanted to, you know, obviously you could let them walk. You know, but I would highly doubt it if there were some assets given up where they wouldn't try to because he's still young. You could still move a contract like that somewhere. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's not impossible. Talked about with matching a contract for Lowry. If you're trading for a star down the road, a twenty million dollar contract is just matching salary of a somewhat promising asset. You have to match the salary somewhere. We're not going to have Otto Porter's big contract to do that in scenarios moving forward. So a big contract to a guy like Lonzo isn't. The, the end of the world. Uh, it's a movable contract as long as he continues to be the player that he is and he progresses. So uh, I I would much rather have the ball in our court and give up some kind of asset to secure that. I, I'm i really hoping Lonzo ends up here, but if the Hawks are willing... Uh, Redditch tore his Achilles? No, it's just it's four to six weeks he was out. Okay, all right, because I was not aware of that. Um, now I was really confused why I had some Hawks fans in my mentions getting all bent out of shape uh, about what uh, whatever concoction I put on Twitter. Um, man, if he's injured and he's playing like shit, you, you really can't expect to get that much out of him at the trade deadline. So um, maybe the Bulls do have a really good shot here because while you do have the Duke connection with Reddish and Zion, um, as you've pointed out, they have Ingram. They have Josh Hart that they have to decide whether or not they have to pay. Uh, you could argue Josh Hart might feel a little better with Ingram in Zion there with the defensive prowess. Um, I like Cam Reddish. I mean, that's that's my bias, though. So I'm just kind of curious to see what happens as we get closer. I mean, we do we're talking days now. We're not weeks. We're talking oh, days. No, here. we're we're in danger zone territory now, man. It's three sleeps. We got three sleeps. The Bulls got the game tomorrow, and then they got one game after that against the Cavs before this trade deadline scenario is all wrapped up. So um, Lonzo's sitting out with uh, hip. hip. Yeah, so hip flexor. Um, it's not a hip flexor. He's just about to be on the move. So where it is, 
And how soon it comes, I don't know. I don't think tonight's game changed anything for the Bulls. Um, losing tonight might have forced some things, but uh, winning wasn't going to change anything. Uh, I don't know if uh, a win tomorrow night, maybe it pushes the Bulls to be a little more aggressive for Lonzo. You get a win against a real team and you're hovering right around 500 there in the East with the LaMelo injury out there, maybe you go for it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. It was just something that I wanted to kind of bring up because when those rumors surround the team, you, you have to look at it. Again, as we mentioned, we play Utah tomorrow night. Um, and, you know, obviously the Bulls track record with uh, <laughs> with good teams is uh, not a good time. So hopefully that they're, they're able to uh, come out and compete a little bit and not get blown out of the water. That game does start, unfortunately, at 8 o'clock at the United Center. Tomorrow night, God, I hate those eight o'clock starts. Dude, I fucking, I, I hate them. I eight absolutely start on a Monday. Yeah, it just Woo! absolutely pisses me off when the Bulls start at eight o'clock and they're at home. I cannot stand it, and I'm gonna bitch about it because I don't feel good because I got a stupid COVID shot today. I just feel like shit. Yeah, we'll just call off work. That's not a bad idea, but I, I'm a pussy and I will definitely be in at work because it's just what I do. But yeah, so um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's whatever. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to bring that up, and you know, again, with, with tonight's game, we we basically touched on everything. Not a great performance from the Bulls, but they pull out the victory. Patrick Williams, I want to throw that out there real quick. Did not miss a shot tonight. Five for five, ten points. Played a good game. Um, seven even, boards too. Seven boards is a lot for P. Will. Yep, Sato eight and nine tonight. You know. Uh, off game for Thad Young, but eight, eight and a five, three steals. You know, good game for the Bulls overall to pick up a win after two terrible losses in a row. Um, you have anything else, man, before we ride out here? Any any no. points you want to make or anything like that? I mean, I hope I'm woken up by a Woj or Shams bomb that says Lonzo to the Bulls at some point in the next few days. But other than that, I mean, I'll, I'll take a Troy Brown Jr., uh, a Cam Reddish, even if he's injured. Get me a Jarrett Culver. Get, get me something. Like, Let's let's make something happen. Let's let me feel something. No, yeah. Let me let me see that you're like actually answering phone calls and doing something up in that office. I, I have a feeling that there is a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah, I know there is, but yeah. it, if if I can't see it, I, it doesn't exist for me. So, right. so Lonzo to Chicago. Yeah, totally fair. All right, everybody, be sure to go on tapsportsnet.com for our Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap at on Tap Sportsnet. Following Goose at Bull Scripted me at Buzz on Tap. If I do not fall asleep, we will be back tomorrow night <laughs> after the Bulls play the Utah Jazz. Again, sign up for betrivers.com. Use promo code on tap. Match up to $250. If you are a White Sox fan, go over to the Sox on Tap Twitter page. Enter in the contest to win a free Tim Anderson jersey. Those are things that we've got going on right now. Check that out. We don't want to cut our throats with the Manscaped lawnmower tonight because we won this game. So that's a good thing. So those are all of our ads. Those are all of our sponsors. Still need my lawnmower, though, man. I know, man. I know. I know. You got to have a forest down there. I apologize. But we'll be back tomorrow night after the Bulls play the Jazz. Let's go, Bulls. <laughs> <laughs>